Today's Unashamed Alcoholic guest is Dr. Benoit Antoine Bacon. Dr. Bacon is president and vice chancellor of Carleton University, where I actually went to school, but that's unrelated today. Dr. Bacon is open about his past trauma and addiction and being in recovery. And in fact, he was open about it when he took this position. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Bacon. Thank you so much for joining me to chat uh, today on the Unashamed Alcoholic. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm really thrilled to get to to hear your story a bit more today. Many thanks for the invitation. It's great to be here. And uh, I actually uh, went to Carleton. So, you know, I'm still hoping that you'll go back in the records and change all my my transcript to be A pluses everywhere, but maybe at the end of the conversation, we can revisit that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beautiful and special place. I've been here four years. I love the university. Not sure I can do anything about your transcript. Sorry. <laughs> How about just like a, you know, a special certificate that says, Becca, you were the best student. <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll write you a letter reference saying your blog is fantastic. I'll, okay. do, that. I'll do that. Super, super. So, I'm really excited to talk to you today because you're coming from uh, a side of things where I haven't gotten to speak with someone before. So the academic side, the university side. Um, Mm. And so I have a few questions around that. But first and foremost, um, do you talk openly about your sobriety date? Do you celebrate days, years? What, how do you, how do you um, celebrate or, or or if you do? Uh, I, I do talk openly. Uh, I, I started when I became president of Carleton University. That was the that was the original motivation. Uh, what was to come into that job from a place of openness and honesty? I hadn't before. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought these were private matters, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of me also didn't think it was something that could be done until I heard Clara Hughes do it. Mm-hmm. I was at an event and I heard uh, Clara Hughes uh, speak about uh, her journey uh, live. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the first time I realized it was possible to speak about these things. And, mm-hmm. and when I applied for the position of president of Carleton University, my my feeling uh, was that Carleton, the Carleton community, uh, deserved to know in advance uh, who they were hiring to, to know the full story about the person that they were hiring. And uh, uh, a president's a very special job. You're, you're expected to embody the institution, the values of the institution. And I, mm-hmm. I felt that the hiring committee and, and then the community needed to know uh, that the person that you're hiring uh, comes from uh, a traumatic childhood, comes from uh, mental health issues, comes from substance use including alcohol use. And, uh, uh, I've been, t- I've been telling the story, uh, ever since. Wow. Do you count days or years? Like how do you, um, how do you manage that? Or, or, or do you talk about that? Um, I, I, I count in my head, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never know where to start. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't have a clear, clear, clear date. Okay. Um, when my daughter was born in 2003, uh, so that's, that's going on 20 years, uh, that was an important milestone for me in, in terms of taking my life seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you make a decision, uh, when you come from trauma, you're always a bit of a fence sitter. Uh, you're, you're always wondering, am I in or am I out? Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you have the responsibility for a little child and, and you look at a little baby, uh, you, you have to make a decision that you're in. 
and and from that stems a, a series of, of of decision to try to make your life better. So so that's an important milestone for me. And uh, and 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 then I count uh, a few years later, 2007, 2008. So so what's that? 13, 14 years now. Uh, to, to be more intentionally on, on the journey of healing from various mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I haven't had uh, alcohol uh, since uh, uh, December, 2013. So that's, okay. uh, that's, that, that's eight years uh, completely, uh, completely sober. Congratulations. Thank you. Feels great. <laughs> it does. Doesn't it? Yeah, it, re- it, re- it really does. I don't, I don't miss it. No, I, I, you know, I, sometimes I think I miss the idea of it, but I don't miss like feeling hungover or drunk or not in control of my anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to speak about, about that in, in a little bit more, uh, uh, detail later on. But, uh, for me, uh, drinking was, uh, was a consequence rather than a cause. It was an attempted solution rather than a problem. Mm. Um, so, so when I speak about drinking, I like to speak of um, a, a broader constellations of issues, in, including mm-hmm. mental health issues and including, mm-hmm. uh, and including uh, trauma. Right. It's interesting uh, that you, you mentioned, like you didn't start talking about it until you heard someone else talking about it or that you could talk about it. And that's, it's funny because that's exactly what happened to me too. I was sober for uh, three years. And then I heard Bobby Ryan talking about his sobriety. And I thought, well, yeah. why can't I do that then? Like, that's, that. this is wild. Like, I, I want to be able to do that too. And if he can do it, I can do it. So it's funny that, you know, you see these other people doing it and that's where you get the inspiration to do it yourself. And I'm just so glad that I, that I came across that because it's so much better now. The, the the inspiration and 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 the responsibility I would say at least that's how I I've experienced it yeah. uh, in in a position like mine uh, with thirty two thousand students on campus and, and oh. about five thousand staff you go a lot of people uh, are uh, dealing with substance use including yep. alcoholism a lot of yep. people are dealing with mental health issues a lot of people have suffered trauma of various kinds and nobody's talking about it yeah uh, so may, maybe may, maybe if I speak about it. Uh, that will uh, free free them uh, to themselves, uh, uh, ac- accept part of that pa- of that past, uh, uh, share, uh, talk, op- it, just to open honest conversations about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And and opening conversations is is the first way uh, is the first step towards healing uh, as a person or as a community. Yeah. Uh, my my view uh, has come to be now that I've been speaking about it for a number of years. And so many people have have written back or 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 or, or gotten back to me saying, "Me too, me too." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're we're a, a um, uh, by by and large, uh, uh, our society is more traumatized that we like to admit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health issues uh, on the whole spectrum are more prevalent that we like to admit, and mm-hmm. people are dependent on substances much more than we like to consider. Absolutely. How can we talk? Can we talk about this? And yeah. uh, didn't hesitate to come on your podcast uh, because these are really important societal conversations that we're not having. Right, and not, and you know, it's not just in the sort of um, I don't want to say like a negative way, but like to to show that you know you're thriving and you're you know life is good in sobriety, right? Like I like to have people on here who are 
are happy and who are funny and we can have these fun times and these nice conversations. And like, you know, we talk about the past in a certain way, but like, you know, talk about what we're doing now and how we're living life now without alcohol or whatever, or, you know, or, or, or drugs and that it can be done, you know? And so it's more of a, you know, let's, let, let's talk about the tough stuff, but let's also show that, you know, like I still have fun in life. You know, I think I have more fun now in, in my life than I did when I was drinking, which I never thought was possible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an important point. Uh, sobriety is not the destination. If that makes any sense, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, you, you work towards it and sobriety is that is your final destination. And, <laughs> and that's what it is. I, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going to steal the phrase. It's not from me. I wish I remember who it was from. Uh, it, it really is the ticket that allows you to take the trip. Uh, you, you, you get to be sober and, and then a whole world opens up uh, that is richer than the world of before. And, and I think the reason it's, it's been richer for me uh, is that um, the, 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 re- the reason a lot of people uh, use substances is, is to deal with fear or pain or shame mm-hmm. uh, or, or in a deck, the, the deep feeling of not being enough mm-hmm. uh, or of not being able to deal with the world. Uh, and when that lifts enough, uh, it, both those feelings and the need for the substance go away. And, and then, yeah. and, the, and then you can leave the world of fear in, into a different way of being that, that is, that is richer and more fun. Exactly. Richer is a really good way of, of, of putting it. And I don't think a lot of people realize it until you take it out, how much, how much richer your life can be without it. Um, what's the language that you use around when you talk about yourself and your story personally, do you say, uh, recovery, sober, alcoholic, um, substance use disorder? Like what do you, what's the language you prefer to use? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, uh there, there's lots of conversation, even at the policy level, mm-hmm. uh, as to how to have, uh, those, those conversations and mm-hmm. pe- people, people, uh, uh, argue about these, these labels, uh, uh, so the policy side, uh, is one aspect of it. It's, it's often, uh, tainted by, uh, by, by, uh, what, what I would say political considerations, uh, for me, for me, the labels are used are those that I find useful and truthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of that is personal, uh, personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I start with trauma. I, I always start with trauma. Uh, I think as a society, We've gotten to, into the habit of talking about symptoms mm-hmm. and, and, and surface level observations, which are often the, the consequence as opposed to the cause. Mm-hmm. And if, if you go down uh, deeper from uh, surface symptoms to deeper symptoms uh, into cause and all the way down to root cause, uh, what you find is uh, trauma and fear uh, in, in most of the cases. So, uh, so I say I'm a uh, a survivor of childhood trauma. I start. I start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when people ask me a little bit more uh, specificity as to what that means, uh, one label I do use is a uh, uh, complex childhood PTSD, uh, which literally means uh, you spend years, uh, decades into a house that is unsafe, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that that wreaks havoc on uh, on your nervous system and your emotions. Uh, and that leaves you uh, uh, inadequately prepared to deal with the world. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, that leads to mental health issues. So depression is a label that I use. I, I was chronically depressed for about two decades. Wow. And uh, and and I, I like substance use. I, I find I find it the broadest and the most inclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the uh, one popular clinical label now is substance use disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I I'm I'm not sure why. Some some substance use would would be in order, and and some substance use would be in disorder. So I so I just say substance use, and uh, whether the substance that you're using is alcohol or or an, another form of of uh, uh, mind altering uh, drug, mm-hmm. in my in, in my view, is not particularly uh, relevant. You, you take what you need to take to get through the day, and you take what you need to take in order to survive. Right. So I, so I, so I, I like uh, trauma survivor. Uh, uh, chronic depression, uh, childhood PTSD, and uh, and substance use, I think, are my four go-to labels. I think that that's good. And, it, and it, you're, like you said, it's a personal thing. And that's why I always ask that question, because it it helps sort of tell the story too. what, what language you like to use. And, and, and it is up to you to decide how you want to be, you know, how, what the label you prefer to use is. And I didn't use alcoholic for a long time because I thought like it would change the way people looked at me because that yeah. word comes with such uh stigma and misconceptions. And then I thought, well, if I start using it, then I, I control the narrative more yeah. around it. Yeah. So I think that's, what's important about the language is that you can, you, you t- help it take shape for your story. Uh, you're, so, you're so right that these labels come with stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one, one way to, to, to break or to own uh, to break the stigma and to own your past is, is to appropriate the world, uh, mm-hmm. appropriate the words. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what it is. It, 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 it appropriately and truthfully describe what used to be my condition. And, uh, yeah. there's, there's no shame in that. I did what I did to survive and, uh, uh, that allowed me to heal Oops. and, and the healing process is, uh, just just as interesting as the original condition, so we can talk absolutely. about absolutely. So when you when you you said uh, at the beginning that you started sharing your story, decided to start talking about it when you applied for the position at Carlton. So tell me how that came about. What what made you decide to start talking about it then? Um, I, I was working at another institution, um, and uh, they they called me to interview. Uh, for the for for the Carlton presidency, uh, I thought, uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. You 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 don't set out. At least I didn't set out uh, to become a university president. That's uh, it's it's funny how you end up in those jobs. Uh, but I I remember thinking I I'm I'm only interested in doing it if I can do it from a from a, a position of of honesty and authenticity and truth. Mm. And uh, I, I, show, I showed up at the interview uh, in, in a very relaxed state because my objective was to tell the truth and not to get the position, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fun way to live your life if, if you have that opportunity. Uh, right. You know, if you, if you're, uh, if you pay attention uh, to how the world works, it's relatively easy to tell people what they want to hear so as to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you figure out I'm speaking to so and so. I need that, therefore I'm going to say this, mm-hmm. and, then, and then and then you play the theater and 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 you obtain what you want and what you thought you needed. Uh, but a, a more interesting way to live is to say I'm just going to 
I'm just going to tell the truth and, and say what I want to say, and we'll see what happens. And, and to do that, you, you need to have some confidence that what, what will happen would be better than anything you would have gotten strategically uh, mm -hmm. through manipulating the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 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 I, so I entered the interview in that state of mind. And uh, uh, very, very early uh, in the interview, uh, I said I, 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 felt, uh, I felt you needed to know uh, the truth about my journey uh, because you're looking for someone to embody your institution and uh, the only way that you're going to know if I'm the right person for that is if you know the truth about me. Mm. And and the truth about me is anchored in childhood trauma. And and I, I told them a, a little bit the nature of that. Uh, you know, uh, it, my, my therapist uh, always says, and she's right, that the details of trauma don't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's the impact on the nervous system and, and on the person that do matter. But uh, growing up uh, in a dysfunctional uh, and, and dangerous environment, Uh, with uh, uh, parents that were dealing with their own trauma and uh, as a result were unable to fulfill their responsibilities in the way that they should have uh, that uh, were uh, uh, certainly in the case of my father uh, were overly tyrannical and controlling and narcissistic uh, and uh, uh, and using substances to survive mm -hmm. uh, alcohol he he what he was an alcoholic for sure mm -hmm. Uh, that that shape that shapes you, mm -hmm. and, and then and then being in depression for a long time that also shapes you, and uh, using substance yourself uh, for a long time also shapes you. So I so I told the committee this is where I come from, and I, I studied psychology uh, not not by uh, not by chance because I thought uh, psychological theory uh, would provide me with uh, uh, a little bit of sense. You know, you, you grow up in a house that doesn't make any sense. You're looking for sense uh, mm -hmm. as to what it means to be human. And, and for a long time, psychological theory was my way to make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then one thing leading to another, uh, I, I took a teaching position. And uh, uh, one thing leading to another, some, some positions of responsibilities. And uh, he, here I am. Mm -hmm. And then we had the interview uh, proper. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that they called me back for a second interview. It was a real surprise. Like when, when I walked out of that first interview, I thought I did what I wanted to do. Right. And that's that they're going to go in, in, in they're, they're going to hire somebody who gave, uh, uh, <laughs> how can I put this? A, a, um, a, a, a less surprising, uh, <laughs> interview, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, and that's fine. But then they called me back and then they hired me. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you how grateful I am to that hiring committee and to Carleton University uh, to, uh, to, to, to look past the stigma mm -hmm. uh, and realize that, in fact, uh, I might just be uh, the person that they needed at this right. particular point in time based on the truth. And, and, and you know, I'll, I'll finish on this, Becca. I think that will resonate with you. When you think your past is shameful. Mm -hmm. And you tell the truth and people not only accept you, but welcome you for it. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. moment. It's a beautiful moment. It is. And I, it's funny that you say that. And as you, as you were saying that, I thought all those times that I've worried about talking about, you know, my alcoholism or, or saying I don't drink or I'm sober, whatever the words may be in the moment, I've never had to date someone reject me based on that or, or say something mean or be anything but welcoming. Like you said, like it's always been 
warmth and supportive and kind and curious sometimes, but you know, I'm fine with that. But it's funny because we build it up. Like I built it up so much in my head that like this is going to, you know, take people away from me. And in fact, it's brought a whole lot of people a lot closer to me. So it's really a wonderful thing to be authentic. Uh, that, that's been my experience too, for sure. And uh, uh, I mentioned my dad briefly, uh, uh, for whom I'm filled with uh, with great compassion and, and mm-hmm. forgiveness and love these days, I, which is also a funny part of healing. You, mm-hmm. you get to see things completely differently. Uh, he, he was never able uh, to heal sufficiently to be able to accept the truth about himself and share that truth and seek the help that he needed. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thinking about him, uh, I, I can't help but but think, un, unless we're able to have these conversations, to tell the truth, to open the door uh, to to people, to people. I don't like to use the word admit because it, it's like you did something wrong. You have to admit it. Mm-hmm. You, you need to accept it within yourself and and and, and be able to share that truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as to be able to get the help that you need and, and set yourself on, on the journey of healing. Absolutely. I wish, so you, I wish you had. After that, you know, that hiring committee that, you know, you, you shared your story there. How did you continue to, to start talking about it? How did that happen? Uh, they asked me at the committee. Uh, so, so how are you going to share that with the community? And, uh, and, and I said, well, I, I think the opportunities will come naturally. Uh, and, uh, uh, the, um, uh, when, when you take on a presidency, there's a formal ceremony a couple of months in that they call the installation. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter asked, they're going to install you kind of like a dishwasher. <laughs> and I said, yeah, exactly. Like a uh, and, uh, at this, at this installation ceremony, uh, you, you have a chance to address, uh, the community in a formal way. And, and that's, that's available on, on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I, I use, I use that moment. Uh, spe- speaking to the assembled graduates, there was about 3,000 people in the room. It's a huge uh, room, uh, students, parents, uh, faculty, and staff uh, to, to share uh, part of what I shared with the, the hiring committee and to express my, my gratitude for having been chosen and how that speaks well at Carleton and uh, how mental health and wellness uh, are important to me and how I think uh, the Carleton community could lead uh, in opening these conversations. And that was super well received. Mm-hmm. Uh then uh, the um, uh, the human resources department asked asked me to speak at uh, Bell Let's Talk Day, so I gave a full talk on on my journey uh, and my and, and especially the healing part. How mm-hmm. how do you get to heal from something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really well received, and uh, since then uh, I've had a chance to uh, to to write in newspapers or to talk at various conferences. Uh, the wow. Ro- the Royal Ottawa uh, uh, partnered with us uh, to uh, further elevate uh, those uh, those discussions in the public space, and I had a chance to do it there. Wonderful. Uh, the um, uh, the Canadian Psychological uh, Association asked me to be honorary president and to to make the mm. address about uh, that journey. So I've had I've had lots of opportunity to keep the conversation going, and uh, c- coming to meet with you today is part is part of that. Right. I love that. That's that's wonderful. That's, that's so amazing. All these all these different ways to keep getting the the story out there, and like you said, the conversation going. Do you think that you know? Let's say you leave this position. Is there a chance that you'll 
you know, be somehow hindered because of what you're doing and talking about it? Like, is there a chance that later on this isn't a good idea to talk openly about? Uh, I've made my peace with that a long time ago. Um, it, it's fun, It's funny to say it, it's much more important to me uh, to, uh, to to pursue what I think of as the journey of healing, which is ongoing. It's never it's never done. At least in, in my experience, it's not done. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still on it, uh, and uh, um, to do that, uh, you need you need to be able to accept the truth and tell the truth and. Uh, to me, this is more important than to be the president of Carlton or, or, or to have other opportunities in the future. Right. You know, uh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm fortunate. Uh, I understand not everybody in, is in this position to be able to say, I, I realize I'm in a, a fortunate position to say, well, if, if people are unhappy with the story, I'll, I'll buy a little place in the woods and I'll do my own <laughs> things, you know, start a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, What's the general, like when you share your story, uh, you know, whether it be to students or your colleagues or peers or outside of, you know, that the, the academic world, let's say, what's the reaction you get? What's the, what's the most common reaction? Um, I'll say that the least common, in fact, like, like you, this never happened, uh, is somebody, somebody saying, uh, that's awful what you just said. And you're an awful person <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, 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 that never happened is like not one time. That's uh, wonderful. That's good to hear. I think that's, I think that's something a lot of people need to hear. Right. Uh, and, and I've, I've, ne- I've never felt, uh, that, uh, as a result of knowing this, uh, pe- people, uh, avoided me or thought less of me, not, not, nothing of the kind. In fact, uh, my experience has been the exact opposite. Uh, every time I speak, uh, I receive uh, emails uh, and various social media messages uh, saying, thank you. That, thank you for saying this. Uh, people in positions like yours uh, rarely, rarely do. Uh, it, I, I couldn't believe what you were saying. It was so liberating. My story is the same. Like this is, this is what I hear the most. My, my story is the same. Uh-huh. Details vary, but it's the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, trauma, uh, mental health, uh, substance use, uh, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you shared it. And and sometimes people say I'm going to find way to share my story now, and 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 then that's how we become more honest uh, about uh, about these uh, these topics. What? Yeah, so it, like it's it's always a it's always a positive experience to share it. At least in my view, not that it's not hard to do. I, exactly. I, I don't know how hard it is for you. Uh, but for me at the beginning, it took me a full day to work up to it mm. and then a full day to recuperate. Mm-hmm. From it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now I've whittled that down to to about uh, two hours to work up to it and two hours to recuperate <laughs> from it, but it's still, it's very emotional. You, you need it to is. go back yep. to your childhood. You need to go back to very difficult and dark times. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and ex- ex- express this as clearly as you can. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's emotional work, but there's, there's also cognitive work. Uh, and it, it does, it does take its toll, but I, I find, uh, over, over time, I'm, uh, it, it flows more easily, I would say. Yeah. Agreed. And it's I agree you with know, that. every time you, every time you share it, you know, it's helpful. It's hard but it's helpful. I find. So like I have a program of recovery I'm in, but when I do this type of thing, I feel like that's part of it. My recovery too, you know, it's, it's, it's all 
kind of linked because I'm, I'm talking about it. And so every time I talk about it, it's like a little, another little layer of like, you did something good for yourself, you know, by, by speaking about it. That's a brilliant thing to say. (laughs) Good. Write that on my certificate. (laughs) That's a brilliant thing to say uh, because the truth will set you free. Yep. And healing is not an event. It's a process. Uh, Yeah. And I, I, you know, I can't say this all the time. I thought like after the first year, I was like, good, done. You know, first year of not drinking, like uh, everything's done. I've, I've, you know, done pretty much everything I would in the first year, you know, how it's so naive, right. Thinking like, that's it. And then someone, I always say like someone said on that one year birthday, they said, now the work begins. Like what? (laughs) How dare you? No, that's not true. And it sure enough, it was, and it'll continue. Like it was so funny because you're in this sort of daze I find for the first year. And then, uh, and then you kind of come out of it and you go, okay, now what do I actually need to focus on, on me and how I move forward, how I adjust, how I, how I grow. And you just can, I, I, it's been exponential since that first year and that's three years you know, later. So it's just, it's, it's wild to think how much I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I'd say exactly the same. And 15 years into uh, into that journey of healing, uh, I'm always at first I was surprised of the many layers of healing. You oh, always yeah. thought, oh, finally I'm healed, <laughs> yeah. and then you realize, oh no, here it goes. Yeah. Uh, some something new needs to be uh, addressed. Yeah. And taken it's care fascinating. Of. Uh, but now, now I've completely changed my pers- my perspective. It used to be, oh no, more healing. Uh, now, now I go. I hope there's more layers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then it, it becomes, uh, in, in, instead of, of coming to the healing out of fear, you come to the healing out of love, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And I feel the exact want, same way. You want more. And yep. then you want more. Yeah. It used to be like, oh, and now it's like, all right, like bring it. Like, this is great because every time I go through something else, it just shows me something else, something new or something more, whatever. I learned something new. And that's what, you know, every day of drinking was like kind of the same thing. And every day of sobriety, I never know what it'll bring because there's an opportunity there for something to happen, something to grow, some me to learn something as, you know, corny as that sounds. Uh, I, I think we're, we're talking about gratitude. Yeah. And this, this is for me, the best definition of gratitude is to be able to be thankful for the worst things. Mm-hmm. That happened to you, and uh, this is recent for me. Uh, just the, the past few years, I've I've started to be grateful for the worst things, uh, because I, I realize that the these awful things uh, were were essential mm-hmm. to my setting on this journey of of healing, and that the things I've learned along this journey and the person I am today would not have been possible. Uh, if not for these worst things. So to mm-hmm. me, that's gratitude to say, no, don't, don't take that away. These, these were essential and important and in fact, valued parts of, uh, of my journey. Absolutely. I love that. I love that way of thinking about it. You, uh, it wasn't always that way. It's a, <laughs> no, and I think it takes feeling. time. It takes time to get there and, and understand that, right? You talked about, you know, sort of your mindset changing, your your approach changing when you had your daughter. And then a few years later is when you, you stopped drinking. I, 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 something happened when I had kids too, and I couldn't manage thinking about drinking and, and the kids at the same time. So 
at what point did you know that, you know, it's sort of in there that your drinking was an issue? Like it was, it was causing more problems than anything, than any help or solution. Oh my God. Uh, I, I think you, you, you always know it's not good. <laughs> uh, going back to my teens. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's like, it's not a good thing to do. You know it. Yeah. Uh, though, though you try hard not to think about it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but of course, um, the, the phrase I like is pe- people think drinking is a problem. Uh, but to, to me, it was an attempted solution. Mm-hmm. It, like it's not, it's, it's not as if you're, you're choosing between drinking and having a beautiful, healthy life is, uh, you're, you're choosing be- between drinking and not, be- not being able to get through the day or the week or the month. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's a, it's a method of adaptation. It's, it's self-medication. It's, uh, uh it, it literally is survival. Right. Uh, and you know, I used to be ashamed of, uh, of the drinking or the substance use. Now I'm proud of it, uh, in this exact sense, uh, that younger versions of myself did that, uh, so that, uh, I could benefit today, uh, from that younger version of myself having survived. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thankful and proud for what, uh, these poor little guys did. Um, so yeah, you always know it's not the greatest thing, but uh, you also know that the alternative is worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, to, to me, it was very progressive, very progressive, uh, to, to, to have that balance shift from, I know it's not good, but I have to, to, <laughs> to, 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 uh, almost, uh, uh, almost a, um, a balanced feeling that, uh, the, the pros and cons are, are almost equivalent. Uh, and, and then, and then when my daughter was born, uh, that tipped the scales right. uh, to say, oh, there's much more cons. I need to sort that out. Right. I need to be more proactive in sorting that out. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's a second process of overtime sorting sorting that out mm-hmm. uh, that that for me lasted uh, another number of years right yeah i like that cuz you kind of you're like you said you're always sort of aware and i was aware that my drinking was problematic but i just thought everyone does it so you know yeah. there wasn't really pre- i wasn't presented with options not to drink uh, I, I was in a, drug, a drinking culture too. Uh, certainly, as a student, it was yeah. very he- it was very easy to hide mm-hmm. uh, among amongst the party crowds. Uh, as a graduate student too, as a young professor, I was at an institution where there was lots of drinking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it, it it never was an issue uh, that people that the people uh, had this feeling that while they themselves were. Uh, healthy and uh, mm-hmm. and sane and good citizens. I was different from that. I, th- I right. think that, that fitted that fitted quite well with the various mm-hmm. cultures where I hung out. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually is a great segue into my last question here, which is about you know you you work at a university. You're president of a university. What do you see as your role with this sharing your story and kind of, you know, you talk about the drinking culture in campuses and universities. We've seen the last few weeks of like the sort of those fresh freshman weeks of, you know, lot big parties and stuff. And I, I can attest to that. What do you think 
universities can do better when it comes to drinking culture and students and, and that sort of thing? Um, uh, that, that's a great, great and important question. Um, I, I think universities are out of balance. I think I can say that. I'm, I'm not speaking as the president of Carleton. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a concerned and engaged uh, citizen. Uh, I, I think uh, univer- universities have made the choice at a certain time to focus entirely on the cognitive, the intellect. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason, logic, all those good things, they, they are excellent things. And, and, and a, lo- a, a lot of, uh, of benefits have stemmed from that uh, in terms of innovation and theoretical advances and research. Uh, you, you certainly want your citizens to be uh, critical thinkers uh, and, to, and to be able to think logically. That's all true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've come to hold the view that... Uh, the other side of the human experience, uh, the emotional side, uh, the side that has to do with uh, wellness, the uh, side that has to do with uh, being as opposed to doing mm-hmm. uh, or feeling as opposed to thinking uh, are, are not well addressed uh, by the school system uh, and uh, and by universities. So mm. uh, the, the, the model of the university today tends to be uh, will will shape thinkers and doers, uh, but uh, I think we should also shape people uh, that uh, love themselves, uh, that are able to feel mm-hmm. uh, deeply and truly, mm-hmm. uh, that are uh, that are balanced, uh, that are at peace, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, and and that 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 rate that radiates uh, the the qualities of uh, of humans that. Uh, that 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 have that have come through this illusion that everything is pain, mm-hmm. and that can enjoy uh, that can enjoy life, and uh, I, I I don't think we do a good job of this. So so we're trying to recenter Carleton University as a place of wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're doing uh, I I think excellent work uh, uh, in supporting our students in their wellness. Uh, we're we're doing we're developing new buildings that better support and sustain this wellness. But we also need to change our curriculum at a at a deeper level to really teach students how to be and how to feel. Look, I'll give you one example. I'm I'm a psychology graduate. This is supposed to be this the science of the soul. Psychology means the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not what we taught. It was all about the mind. Uh, right. At no point during my studies in psychology uh, did anybody thought it would be relevant uh, for us to meditate and to come in contact uh, with uh, with uh, our consciousness and uh, uh, this very powerful idea that our consciousness is part of everything, that there is mm. oneness in the world. Mm. Uh, that's completely evacuated from the university curriculum. And in my view, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I think your question is, what can universities do better? Uh, that's part of this. And I, I think that's addressing the cause. And uh, if, if we're able to bring our students to better understand those ideas, I think the drinking will wane naturally because it's right. a consequence. I love that. That's very, very well said, very thoughtful um, response to that question. And I think on top of that and complementary to that is that there are real life examples of people who are living a sober, honest, authentic life and talking about it. So people like yourself um, who are in these positions um, who are willing to share their story and, and, 
and willing to talk to people about, about it, you know, whether that be in a group of 3000 or, or one-on-one, like, like here, you're a living example of someone living life sober. And I think we just haven't seen enough of that. Um, I mean, people just didn't do that for a really long time. It just was, it was just an automatic thing was that you drank. And a lot of people just didn't live a life of sobriety. And the more we just talk about that as an option, you don't have to have a drinking problem to choose sobriety. You know, you don't have to um, have a, a, a rock bottom to choose sobriety. You can just choose to live a sober life. And I think the more we just put that as even an option out there, especially starting young, starting, you know, before they're even teenagers, showing that as an option, then as they grow up into these young adults who are out making their own decisions and, you know, on their own for the first time, like at university, they'll be able to kind of compare these two things and go, okay, I, I choose which one I want. I'm not going to automatically do the drinking because that's the only thing I've ever known or seen or whatever. I have so much to say about that. I'll, I'll, hope try it's three, all I'll try, I'll try three little things. Uh, if, if you, if you have to drink to get through the day or to survive, don't feel bad about it. You're, 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 you're doing what you have to do. Uh, but as you do that, uh, assume, assume that you're traumatized, mm. uh, or assume that you're afraid, mm-hmm. uh, assume mm-hmm. that you're broken and, 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 and seek help. Yeah. Um, and, and, and remember, uh, there's, there's, there's this idea or, or I would say this illusion that you're the person benefiting from your drinking. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I'm happy to have a a much longer conversation about how a lot of other people benefit from your drinking. And in, in, in fact, you don't really, it costs you money. Uh, it uh, destroys your health. It, it makes yeah. you uh, less able to perform your work. Uh, it uh, destroys uh, uh, personal relationships. Uh, it blocks It blocks you from experiencing oneness. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, do, do it if you have to, to survive, but set about the journey of healing. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and then uh, uh, experience uh, uh, life uh, unencumbered. Uh, by by these uh, by what is essentially toxic chemicals. Yeah. So that's yeah. a short version. <laughs> I love it. You know, I think you you've brought out some really interesting points, and especially that last one about like that. You know, who you're, who you're drinking uh, is benefiting, how it impacts those around you. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can think about that, but you know, the the people that are making money off of you drinking, right? Like I think a lot of people don't think about that, uh, that aspect of it. It's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah. So Benoit Antoine, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really enjoyed meeting with you and uh, hearing what you have to say. And uh, you know, your story is like we said, there's so many layers, right? There's so many layers to our stories. There's layers to our recovery. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed hearing a bit more about, uh, um, your personal story and, and, you know, I love that you chose to share it. And I think it's so beneficial to so many people and many people you'll, you'll hear from and many people you might never hear from, but you're putting it out there. And I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And, uh, thank you for what you do. This is important to keep doing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. As you heard, there were so many wonderful points brought up in this conversation. And as you can tell, we have a lot to still talk about. I think we'll have to have another sit down. 
I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Benoit Antoine Bacon as much as I did. Thanks for listening. See you next time.